Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Emerging Eve, where we will focus on unraveling the difficulties in the midst of our journey and move toward forward progress. This program is not meant to replace any form of therapy, and you are encouraged to seek out a mental health professional if necessary. Welcome to Emerging Ease with Keisha. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we're going to continue our talk about mommy issues this week. Uh, remember, if you have any questions or comments, please call 646-929-0130, or you can send a message to the chat room or email emergingease at gmail.com. Emerging Ease is all one word. Make sure you look us up on Facebook and join the Emerging Ease group. There are regular um, nuggets of support and information and questions that are asked uh, there, so feel free. Um, also, if you're interested in advertising, please email labachelor40 at gmail.com. Come on in and let's talk about mommy issues. Um, I got it correct this time. Sharika, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Okay. So last time I, I, I fascinated her name, but I, I'm breathing life back into it. You're awesome. Uh, <laughs> so we have on again uh, Sharika Brown. She was on with us last Thursday. Um, just to give some info, just in case you weren't with us, she is uh, LPC under supervision here in the state of Oklahoma, has over 20 years. Uh, working with youth and family in various capacities, and um, just overall a very, very down-to-us, open-hearted, wonderful, warm individual. Very, very, very informative. And she is the one who introduced me to even the concept of mommy issues. I'd always heard of daddy issues, but I was like, when she made the statement, I was leaned in, I was like, what you saying? What's going on? Because <laughs> I never thought about it from that aspect. Um, as uh, Before we get into it, um, I kind of wanted to reiterate a couple of things um, that we brought up last week that are very, very interesting points. And the thought of, for one, mommy issues are not just uh, specifically male or female, it's actually both. So mommy issues impact men as well as they impact women. And uh, today, as we continue our talk about mommy issues, we can kind of talk about that um, those different perspectives, if you will. And I had touched on at the uh, end of our show last week um, how mommy issues cannot, well, do not necessarily have to be, hey, my mom wasn't physically here or uh, my mom was, you know, distant physically, but to consider the emotional aspect. Because emotionally, mommy issues, your mom may be there. She may even interact with you, but if that emotional connection is not there, that can still bring about some issues. Um, I discussed um, for the end of last week's show the mommy issue that I had to identify I had of uh, my mom was there physically. She was like the best mom that she could be. And 
I didn't really look at it until I became an adult and uh, started thinking about it, and I'm glad she was still around and we were able to talk about it, but Mm -hmm. how my relationship with her reinforced the negative view that I had toward women because it was a rejection uh, that I felt as a child because of my weight, because my mom was tall and thin. um, And just to give you a little FYI about my mom and the way she presented uh, her nickname was the Queen, so mm. she had it all together. And so here you go with the little round kid, and she never <laughs> supported me in that. Now, mm. um, what was it? Eighth grade, the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade, I guess I got on a Rob Base. Uh, uh, was it Oakland Oaktown three five seven? All that I was on yeah. every video trying to do all the dances just because I like to dance. Not for weight uh-huh. loss, but the side effect yeah. was weight loss. I got it off the wow. I went from wow. a 20 or 22 down to size 7. That's how much wow. I was on the box. You, I mean, you were dancing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I like to dance as well, so I understand that. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it in in this living room sometimes. <laughs> right. Yes. And the thing is that I never, that I did get to see in that weight loss is that she accepted me. And my thin state, and it was on. She was like, let's go shopping. Let's make, I'm going to make you this. We gonna do. And I'm like, really? Mm. <laughs> so even things mm. like that, just to kind of give everyone a perspective that it doesn't necessarily have to be an abusive situation or a direct, right. you know, disconnect. But people, as we all are, may have certain things like that. So to kind of even look at that and the experiences um, we have experienced as people, regarding yes. the way we view uh, women in relationships. So, Sharika, yes. um, did you want to add anything to that? Um, um, that you can think I just of? wanted to, yes. So I, I just wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about my mom as well. My mom has been in my life my whole life, um, my dad as well. And, you know, I said on last week, you know, that sometimes it was scary um, and that was from the standpoint of their relationship. Um, my mom was the, the strong black woman, um, controlling, aggressive, uh, those type of attributes. So even looking at their relationship, you know, that was what I had to base my womanhood off of. Um, and so as I grew up and, and, and got into relationships and things like that, that was my personality, and so I thought I had to be in control of everything, but I I realized how it affected my dad and how, you know, my dad actually, when I had the opportunity to speak to him, you know, admitted, you know, that he was lazy, and I was like, wow, I never thought I would hear him say that. That was one thing, but with a mother, you know, as my mom, and she'll give you the give you the she she'll give you her last. She'll give you everything. She'll be in my house at, at six a.m. before I even wake up doing the yard. And, and so she has this giving heart, but that other side did affect me. Um, and and so to have those conversations and there's mental health and things like that in my family as well. Um, and so just coming to the realization that things affect us from our mothers and processing it and understanding how it forms us into the person that we are. So when I realized, oh, I want to be woman, and, and I want to be soft, and I want to be sweet, I don't want to be overpowering, because that's not my personality, then I could separate myself, still love her, 
like to this day and and mm-hmm. still appreciate her as my mother and but still create my own identity for myself. So a lot of the women that I talk to, a lot of the women that come to me um, for assistance or through services, um, that is something that women struggle to do is separate themselves from those personalities that no longer serve them or that they want. Right. Right. Um, one thing that um, in, in looking through uh, some things, and because anybody that knows me, I'm going to find something to read about it because I want to know more, because other than self-insight, just to be able to use the info to help other people. Um, I came across this one um, uh, short list of things that um, ways that people express or it kind of materializes in a person's life, a concern Mm -hmm. with their maternal bond. And just like uh, we had stated last week, a maternal bond doesn't necessarily just have to be biological mother or biological yes. female. It can be whoever mm-hmm. is in that maternal role. One of the things uh, that it stated was difficulty in seeing the self accurately. So being able mm-hmm. to recognize your worth, being able to accept your worth and walk in that. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, my gosh, that made me stop and sit and think. I was like, dang, I might have to uh, have a therapy session for myself. But that was like, Absolutely. wow. Because yes, how much yes. we can discount ourselves or um, as was brought up, because another thing um, that I failed to mention this week that I did mention last week is that uh, Sharika also does Reiki sessions, and um, she gets down and through there. She really does. She really (laughs) does. She also has this feminine energy class that I've taken, and I will be enrolling in the next one. And it kind of touched on that, about seeing yourself accurately as far as your feminine energy, welcoming it in and not seeing it as a weakness or as a burden in a sense. And with that kind of connected to me, and I want your insight too, is that we we as women from from the perspective of mommy issues don't see ourselves accurately, then we tune into maybe more um, aggressive behavior that wouldn't yes. be something we would naturally choose based on our personality as well as our feminine energy. But also that comes across as a way to always be in protect or defense. Yes, and survival. some people may see that as very, yeah, ready to fight, very dominant. And really what it yes. is is because of a difficult connection maternally, we don't really know how to balance or to, to, to be. Yes. So go ahead so, with uh, what you thought, think on that. So, you know, childhood is what it is. We've all experienced it. Um, but as an adult, doing the inner child work or, you know, going to therapy and, and expressing, getting those things out because we've learned to be in survival mode um, and to heal out of survival, there's a disconnect there. And so coming to terms with what is actually real in reality, um, you know, as we grew up and we, we've seen the, the house and the picket fences and, the, and so the Disney World life and the fantasy life, even coming back down to reality and looking at what actually is. Um, yeah. There's a lot of women that I personally come in contact with 
that struggle with just reality. Um, yeah. Understanding that, you know, what is it actually? Not what your perceptions and thoughts of what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but just being present in what is. Um, coming to terms with what is, understanding that you may be in survival mode. And so in survival, you know, there's lack in there and there's aggression and pain and hurt, and, but we have to put on that other face so we can go out into the world. So the world sees us as one thing, but then when we go home and our confines of our walls, the pain and the hurt is still there. And so coming to terms, understanding that we don't have to be in survival, that we can be vulnerable. We're vulnerable in everything else. We're vulnerable on our jobs. We're vulnerable to be fired. We're vulnerable for everything all day. But to open up those emotions so you can reconnect with your inner child and see that person that's crying out to get help and get assistance um, and then listening to that. We're like and, a lot of women the, shun that. They cut it off. Uh-huh. And the ability to see the strength in being vulnerable to something Absolutely. or to someone. And that's, that's a big strength. And I didn't realize that until I was well off into adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the um, ability, because it's, it's, it's a skill that you have to develop, uh, to be um, to submit yourself, especially mm-hmm. like in long-term relationships. Uh, for mm-hmm. so long, I had um, difficulty in understanding what submit meant because there's one perspective that's horribly horrible. Of mm-hmm. you just take and do and deal with whatever I give you, but then there's the other thing, the the true submit of looking mm-hmm. at. Because I love this person, and I know that I've received love from them, real love, and I trust this person, and this person trusts me, um, I can work with you. I can submit to you. I can, you know, you can take the lead in here, and I trust that your interaction with me and your choices are going to be healthy for us both. And and, and, And I just want to interject and just say, you know, that that willingness to be that vulnerable, open person means that you're open to be wounded. But in Mm -hmm. that, it is great healing and great movement or growth on the other side um, of that if you can push through. Um, A lot of our our women connections, just women connections in general, um, there's a lot of, you know, the power struggle um, Mm -hmm. where even women relating to other women, um, mothers, understanding the mother plight, you know, from mother to mother and having those conversations, um, we're hurt. <laughs> we're hurt, yeah. and so we interject out that same hurt, and we're not moving. And, and, right. and not as a whole, not all of us, but we're not moving or progressing because we're still in survival mode but there's mm-hmm. nothing that can come from survival mode that's good. <laughs> um, and right. so, you know, the, the, the woman aspect and then the mother aspect, I was, I was thinking on last week um, what attributes or what, what, how, what, how it affects the, the kids. So a mother that's over-dominating or over-controlling to a 
male child. Let's start with the male child. Um, the male child is, is not your man or your husband or your but uh-huh. because there may not be a man in the home, then those pressures are put onto the male child. And so then the male child, you know, that normally is supposed to be able to develop from that male doesn't have that. So then they can take on more feminine traits um, because the woman is doing the teaching. Um, so it's not purposeful. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, when I divorced, their dad was still present. My kid's dad was still present, but he just wasn't in the home with me anymore. So the mm-hmm. the things that I, you know, experienced with my son, he who is 24 now, I remember a specific instance when he was around 18, 19, about 19 years old, and he had to come back home. He had moved out at 18 and tried to do it on his own, but then he had to come home. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we can be over-controlling, and I was like, well, you need to have this done and do this and do this, and, this, and, this. and I was, I'm doing all these things and telling all these things. And I could physically see. Now, I have a, a calm son. He's pretty calm and, you know, relaxed. He doesn't like to be over, you know, over-emotional and over. He was really mm-hmm. calm. But in this moment, I seen literally his, like, blood pressure kind of intensified, and I, I seen him get kind of angry, and he elevated his voice. And in that moment, I was like, oh, what am I doing to my child that I've raised? And to see his reaction to me, I was like, that's not what I want. And I don't want to cause a disconnection between my child, my son. I love him. And so I had to back off. I had a friend at that time tell me, but what does he want? Mm -hmm. And it just completely floored me. What does he want? He may want to go live under a bridge. He may want to go live under a bridge. I can't control if he wants to go live under a bridge. But in that moment, I just need you to do what I need you to do with because I need you to do it. And so it causes the the male child to not be that male dominant or not take on those characteristics of the male. Um, And so then they, 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 they actually live up under what their potential is because they have that over-controlling mama. Um, the Let me the girl child. Quick. Yes, yes, ma'am. Let me interject very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make sure that everyone, we're going to take a pause very quick, and let me tell you about uh, the feature artist. Um, this coming Friday from 5 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, um, the featured artist this week will be Charlie Wilson, including the music from his time with the Gap Band. Also, every Sunday through Friday from 8 p.m. to midnight, listen to Whisper Softly on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Also, if you are interested in advertising on the show, please email us at labachelor40 at gmail.com. All right, go ahead, Shusa. Yes, ma'am. And so, so that's the male child. And so just as mothers, we have to be careful to not place us on this child um, when they need to have the opportunity to speak out their identity and who they are. Um, right. the, the, the female child um, with an over-controlling mother um, takes on attributes, you know, where there's almost a co- competition um, yeah. in a way. Um, like my daughter, my daughter's 22 now, um, during divorce, it got a little rocky, you know, between she and I, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, still middle school age at that point, point. Um, and so she doesn't understand everything, but, you know, she had feelings towards me. 
Um, and so it took time and it took years for me to just almost give her space and time. And then she, when she was ready to come forward here recently in the last couple months, we had a great talk. We both cried and we both just came into a space of, okay, everything's okay. And so we and just you know, have to be wait. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. What's awesome about what you just said for both your son and even your daughter, uh, who you guys recently connected in, um, if you have recognized any of the traits talked about as being a, a person that's putting forward mommy issues with your own children or a person that has experienced issues um, through the maternal role that you experienced in your life, is being able to come together and have an open, honest conversation. Right. And, and, and during that time, that can be. Mm-hmm. During that time, I had to allow her to go talk to Amy or go talk to friend or go talk to whomever she needed, even if it wasn't me. And I had to accept mm-hmm. that. So when I said being present, in reality, I still need her to have everything she needs, even if it's not from me. And so I had to do that even before she turned 18. And so even right. accepting, you know, I'm supposed to be this mom and this super mom and, you know, I got it all to get, no, <laughs> no. So we can be human and yeah. and we we have to be human because then we have to show them how to be human because they're going to come now, up against another, the same things we do. Another aspect of mommy issues, uh, which I talked about a little bit on L.A. show earlier, um, is the friendship perspective. Mm-hmm. And even with this, it brings back up, um, oh, man, a group of people. I want to say it was undergrad. And so uh, me and a group of folks, we kind of would get, get together, sit down, and just talk about random stuff. And the topic, one of the guys in our group, because it was male and female, um, one of the guys had was, you know, why are women so non-trusting of each other? Why do... Why did you all, this is like a, a a paraphrase of the statement that was made, why do you all always go for the jugular in a sense? Mm. And wow. that set with me even past that conversation. Like, you know, I had to realize even in my life, I only had maybe two close friends at a time, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I never had a, a group of friends. Like now I'm connected to a group of awesome women and I really consider them like my siblings. They are like my mm-hmm. sisters. Like if something go down, I'm need to call one of y'all and talk and cry, something. And it's yes. eight of us in the group. And I'm just like, you know, even this past oh, you Texas weekend when we were driving down, I was just like, it still floors me like, wow. And I really feel safe in the group in mm-hmm. that I know you're going to tell me the truth whether I want to hear it or not. And it's coming from a place of love. It's not coming from because I'm going to need to tear you down to make myself feel better. So how mommy issues can impact us with our interactions and even just friends. But and so oh my gosh, all kinds of love. It is so real. <laughs> you you tapped into something right there. Um, being supported by other women. Um, I'm yeah. a black woman. Um, my relationships with black women coming up or black young ladies coming up wasn't good. And so I had to literally go into 
healing those relationships so that I can, so I wouldn't be affected by it. Um, I had mm-hmm. shut down and just said, okay, I'm going to say hi to him, but I'm going to keep on moving. Um, but, again, being vulnerable, you're open to being hurt. Um, so every scenario is not going to work out, but just knowing that you have a tribe around you, you know, that supports you, that knows your stuff, that's going to hold you accountable, tell you when you're wrong, um, but still love you still, and that is priceless. So if we can create more of those type of relationships out here, so if I do have to say, hey, mama, maybe you need to do this with your baby and uh, try this without it being yeah. offensive. Right. We're, we're, we're right. very offensive. We're offended. <laughs> and, right. I, you know, that question always runs through my mind, why are we so offended? If somebody has to tell me something and it doesn't sit well with me, then I, I may be upset in that moment, but I'm going to process it. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to say, okay, and then take from and make those changes and movements. So being open and receptive to different information, new information, so that we can grow, grow together, have a community of women that's growing together. Um, and it doesn't mean everything's over. It doesn't mean that the fire, yeah. it has to be this huge fire, and then after the fire's over, now we're done. No, we work through right. those fire moments. And then we come out on the other side better, you know, that in an ideal world, that sounds amazing. Um, and it doesn't always but happen that way. But it, but it is possible if we're willing. So that means willing to have new information, willing to be open to new information, willing to listen, willing right. to listen. And the thing is, with that willingness from the perspective of a person that is going or has experience farming issues and they're trying to heal and move forward, you kind of have to get into agreement with self, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I have to be able to look at me because none Mm -hmm. of us are perfect. And the Mm -hmm. hardest thing in anyone's life is to look at self and then to look at how you perceive those interactions with other people. Um, there was a exercise I did, and I found it in the self-help book, and I cannot recall the name of it, but I remember I linked it to a person, and it just occurred. <laughs> I've never seen okay. it. Okay. And I've not been okay. able to come, happen across it again, but it was an exercise in this book because um, I was still undergrad, and I was like, I'm going to be the best uh, self-help person I can be at this okay. point, because I didn't have any, you know, other background. And there was this question I will never forget. It says to write down all the, all the traits you see about yourself, positive and negative. And so I thought, oh, okay, because this is my time to brag on me. I can brag mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to the negative traits, I was like, oh, you was all in people's business. That's rude. <laughs> okay. Well, I got to talk about that part. And then okay. it says, now go back and think of one person. You got to choose the person and identify how they impacted the positive and the negative. And then you go back and you choose another person. And you can choose up to ten people, whoever you choose. But usually okay. those ten people, as the questionnaire uh, or as that chapter kept going, were big influences in your life. And it okay. talks about how they reinforced the positive and how they contributed to the negative. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh. Wow. That is super deep. And so that's yeah. the reason, and I, it was a college friend of mine. I can't even remember who asked the book because I'd email him. 
or find them on okay. Facebook. I need my book. <laughs> but, yeah. um, it was so powerful to look at that and to think, wow, how has this continued to carry on? And I think back on that list that I made um, back then and even look at it now, how is that, that list, how are those people or those perceived interactions still impacting me today um, in everything yes. that I do? Yes. And then and, what, and a, what am it's I unconscious sometimes. Yeah. Right. And, but it's unconscious sometimes. Like there's plenty of room for it not being in someone's awareness, right? And right. so even coming to terms with there's an issue because <laughs> there's a lot yeah. walking around that doesn't even think there's an issue at all. So um, just being careful, uh, especially when you're on your journey and on your walk to being better, knowing who's around you, knowing who's supportive around you, knowing you got to be able to have a keen ear um, and be yeah. able to listen to who's supportive of where you're headed. Um, right. I've, I've lost a lot of people along the way, but they couldn't go. They couldn't go where I'm headed. And so exactly. it's okay. That's okay. Um, it's okay either way. Whether people stay or they go, it's okay either way. But being right. clear, staying present so that you can get what you need because it's, it's a self-journey. This is a self-journey yeah. that nobody can go on with you, and it can get lonely sometimes, but yeah. what you're getting is the clarity, the time to take to look at what it really is in reality, and then moving accordingly. So those steps, per se, if there's, you're not even aware that there's an issue, um, right? Where do, what, are, what are those women what do we do with those women <laughs> when they don't even know there's an issue? Right. Because we get and with that, We do. With that, I need to say we have, we have already hit our 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It goes fast. <laughs> yes, ma'am, it does. So, I, I want to thank you, Sharika, again for coming on. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope today's discussion has been and will continue to be helpful for you in your life's journey. You have been listening to Emerging Ease with Keisha on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you for taking such a time as this to participate in your personal improvement with Emerging Ease. I'm Keisha, your host. Remember that in everything, there's an opportunity to learn and grow. If you are experiencing a difficult time, please reach out to the National Crisis Prevention Hotline at one 800 273-8255 and I look forward to hearing from you next week on Emerging Ease with Keisha.